0: Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. Wow, it's great to see you today through technology i'm seeing you there in your home hi Marsha. hi jenny hi you know it's sort of like that old uh, kids program years ago which i never watched i was back to the howdy doody time uh way before that but we're glad that you joined us today if you got your bible would you grab it because i'm going to look at a lot of scriptures i hope it's all right for me to look at scriptures uh, second chronicles chapter 20 we're going to be at today and i uh, <clears throat> thankful that I got a few of the uh, worship team here and some of the staff so that I can at least look at some eyeballs and imagine that it's you. But if you have your Bible, let's make our confession together. Are you ready? Let's say it. This is my Bible. It is the word of life. It is life to me. Today I receive the word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity today to look into your word because your word gives us strength and life, focus, hope. And uh, thank you for those that are watching today. We pray for this teaching to come across the way you want it. Holy Spirit, I know without you I can say nothing. Holy Spirit, I know are just words, but you bring the anointing, and so we rest in you. Amen. Amen. Well, I thought last week was a tremendous, tremendous teaching with uh, Andre and some of the guys from the School of Ministry, uh, Eddie and Miguel. They did a great job. Today, I want to look in Second Chronicles chapter 20, and I want to talk about how to have confidence in a crisis. You ever been in a crisis? I mean, like, like, are we not facing one right now? Well, we're bombarded with the reality of the crisis. It's nonstop coverage, right? And that's what I'm encouraging people. Don't keep watching the same thing over and over. You go in the grocery stores, <clears throat> you know, the shelves are empty. And then, of course, that's that every elusive uh, treasure hunt for toilet paper. <laughs> I, I saw this week somebody said the rapture has happened because the roll has been called up yonder. I don't, I don't mean to make light of what we're going through, but I thought, boy, that is really good right there. Years ago when I was in India, a long, long time ago, when you went to the outhouse out back, they took you a water bowl. So you figure that one out. When you're in a crisis, sometimes we feel like that we're like a boxer uh, in a boxing match, and we're getting beaten. And uh, our opponent is stronger than we are, hitting us from the right and the left. And we think, surely that's the end of it. It comes another punch. And you think, any moment the referee is going to stop this because I'm getting beaten. So why doesn't he stop that? And I think sometimes when we're in a crisis, it's that way. We get hit from this direction and that direction and here. And we think, you know, God, where are you in the midst of all this? Why, Why don't you stop this? Why don't you stop this? I believe that God knew that we would face this challenge and this crisis that we're in right now. And I believe that he gave us a war cry. We've been studying that for several weeks. Armies have war cries. Uh, Football teams have a war cry uh, that gets them ready and it gets them going. Uh, I was watching yesterday a uh, a movie that the... with Eisenhower, uh, with Tom Selleck, and I thought it was really good and talking about how that they had to gear up the guys and get them ready and right before these paratroopers were getting to drop in and the earliest accounts were they were going to lose 70% of them. Uh, I mean, 7 out of every 10. And I watched uh, Selleck as he's representing Eisenhower uh, stepping there in the midst of that and not talking about business like where were you trained, but where were you raised, where were you born? Uh, laughing with them and talking with them what was he doing he was getting that war cry he was getting them ready and thankfully it wasn't seven out of ten it was better than that because i think god helped a lot but we said in the very first week of this series god has given us a war cry remember what it is let's say it together rock Kazak amats and it means what Be strong and courageous. And so we have these t-shirts, and we're wearing them today, some of the staff and and myself. And if you don't have one, you can drop by the office this week. We have uh, some sizes left. You can call CJ uh, and find out what we have. But get you one. Make it a a, a witness tool that you can use. But God gave us a war cry. I just felt like we should review those scriptures of, of how that over and over we see this war cry. Deuteronomy 31 and 6. The Lord said to Moses, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and don't panic. Uh, Moses is saying, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And then Moses gives the war cry to Joshua, getting ready to turn the leadership over to him. Joshua 1 and 6. Be strong and courageous. Joshua 1 and 7. Be strong and very courageous Joshua 1 and 9 this is my command say it with me be strong and courageous Joshua 1 and 18 so be strong and courageous Joshua 10 and 25 Joshua told his men be strong and courageous for the Lord is going to do this Daniel chapter 10 verse 15 through 19 said don't be afraid be encouraged be strong Psalm 31, 24, so be strong and courageous. Uh, 1 Corinthians 16 and 13, be on guard, stay firm, be courageous, be strong. So we are that, we are strong and we are courageous. You know what people say, well, how do you know when you're in a crisis? Here's what it is, you know you're in a crisis when fear overwhelms you and you don't know what to do. When fear overwhelms you and you don't know what to do. People say, I just don't know what to do. I want to tell you today from Second Chronicles chapter 20 what we can do. Um, every one of us have gone through a crisis sometime in our life. I was thinking this week of times that I was in a crisis. To me, a crisis is when you're backed into a corner. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can do. There's no way out. And you can just say, God, if you don't get me out of this, there's no way. And I remember those times just like you do that God brought me through, He brought me out, He brought me up. The world panics because it doesn't know what to do when it's in a crisis. But we've got to be different than that. What a great time for us as believers to be witnesses. When when somebody is panicking in fear, wade into that and say you know what the lord gave us a word for that be strong and courageous and you know what There's a there's a passage in second chronicles chapter 20 that tells us what to do when we don't know what to do When there's no way that we can get out so I want you to look at this I'm gonna look at a lot of scriptures today. So I hope that's all right. Hope you got your Bible Second chronicles chapter 20. I want to look at verses 1 and 2 it says after this Now, that's very important. You say, when you'd read that, you'd say, after this, what does that mean after this? That means that after the things that happened in chapter 19. In chapter 19, they started having a revival and a renewal. It looked like that everything was going good. You ever feel like that's when a crisis hits you? When everything is going good, you got all your plans together, you know. Anita and I had a couple of trips planned of some of our favorite places. We were actually going for a a, a meeting, a Christian meeting, and then now when this all happens... uh, All of those are canceled and i told anita i said two of my favorite places and now i can't go you know bummer that's that's horrible like this this is going to be awesome but then a crisis comes but it says after this after this the armies of moabites the ammonites and some of the munites declared war on jehoshaphat messengers came and told jehoshaphat uh, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They're already at Hazan Tamar, uh, which is another name for Engedi. I mean, it's intimidating when you're staring down a formidable host. I mean, that would be like the Tampa Bay Bucks with our new quarterback. Yay, Tampa. All right, we got a bunch of TBs now going on, right? Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. It'd be like Tampa Bay playing. Three other football teams all at the same time on the same field. That'd be pretty intimidating. And so that's the picture of this battle. Uh, It says that they're on you. They're only 25 miles away, so you don't have time to to do a lot of strategy. So what do we do? Number one, here they are. Uh, Seek the Lord in prayer. Seek the Lord in prayer. What do you do when you're facing a crisis and you don't know what to do? Seek the Lord in prayer. Uh, Verse 3. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and he begged the Lord for guidance he also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting remember this fear in the face of a crisis does not disqualify you for a miracle fear in the face of a crisis does not disqualify you for a miracle. It's your response. I mean, he could have called in his generals and said, hey, let's come up with a battle plan, and they created a battle plan, and then maybe say, okay, now let's pause for prayer. But he doesn't do that. What does he do, first of all? He turns to the Lord in prayer. You see, the nature of the battle determines the nature of the strategy. The nature of the battle determines the nature of the strategy. Years ago, In Europe, they had a crude way to see if a patient was ready to be released from a medical hospital. Excuse me. They put the inmate in a janitor's closet, put the stopper in the sink, and turned the water on, and let the water overflow the sink. And then they handed uh, the patient a mop, and they said, clean up this mess. And the uh, doctor would leave. And he would come back a few minutes later, and they would check and see. And if the patient is still frantically trying to mop up the water without going to the source and taking the stopper out of the drain, they knew they weren't ready to be released. I think today we're trying to mop up a mess, clean up a bad situation with all that's going on in our lives, and we need to get to the source of that. The source of that is an enemy that wants to destroy everyone. So we start by seeking the Lord in prayer. I would encourage you to do what we're going to do here at the Father's house. We're going to join what is called Unite714.com Unite714.com You can actually go to that website and sign up. It's something that uh, a lot of the uh, religious leaders have gotten together and said because of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 that says, If my people, <clears throat> excuse me, which are called by my name, will pray and humble themselves, uh, hear their prayer, and heal their land. So at 7.14, you'll hear more about this, 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m., we're going to pray with people all over the world, praying specifically that God would change and, and bring a healing to this pandemic that is on us. So I encourage you to do that. So first of all, we pray. Second of all, we change our focus. We see beyond what we see. See beyond what we see. Listen, here's a great quote. If what you see is all you see, you do not see all there is to be seen. Right? Uh, Say that with me right there in your home right here, everybody. If what you see is all you see, you do not see all there is to be seen. The principle is, and we talked about this weeks ago, that we're in a spiritual battle. And everything that we see physically has already happened in the spiritual realm. So as we pray, we're praying in the invisible realm for a manifestation of God's plan in our life. Because spiritual warfare is a conflict in the invisible realm that affects what's going on in the visible realm. So here, Jehoshaphat, you know, his name is really Jeha. And as he grew up, he got fat. So they would call him Fatty or Jehoshaphat. I, I don't think that really is true, but, uh, but I thought maybe he might like to have a little breather there. But I think that we have to be careful that we don't wrestle in the wrong sphere. Jehoshaphat sees three formidable armies, none of them he could defeat by himself. We can't defeat this crisis by ourselves, I'm telling you people say, well, it's not really that big. We have more people that get killed by drunk drivers. I know that. But this thing is worldwide. Uh, I, I don't know how it'll end out, but I do know this. About a year from now, we'll be sitting back and saying, remember how we were fearful and panic, and how the Lord brought us through that? So, so what I'm saying is we're facing a spiritual battle. Now, we, we want to do what we can do. And we'll talk about that, but we are facing a spiritual battle. Our theme verse that we had was Ephesians 6, 10, and 13, because we said we don't want to wrestle in the wrong sphere. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God, they talked about that last week, that you may be able to do what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, we can't see the devil, but we can see the wiles of the devil. Uh, For however it came to be, this virus is part of the wiles of the devil, for <clears throat> so we don't wrestle against what we can see. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, in the unseen places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and say it with me, and having done all to what? To stand. So don't wrestle in the wrong sphere. Second of all, change your focus from the visible to the invisible. Change your focus for what you're facing right now, from what you can see. Uh, Turn off your TV a little bit more and start looking into the invisible realm. Notice what Jehoshaphat does in verse 5. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah in Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard in the temple of the Lord. What does he do? He prays. Notice he takes his focus off the army that's less than twenty miles. Three armies surrounding him. But he lifts his eyes up and he looks. He looks to the heavenlies. You see, and and let's look at this prayer. O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You're the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty, and no one can stand against you. Oh our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land? When your people Israel arrived and did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name they said whenever we're faced with any calamity such as war plague virus or famine we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored And we can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us, and you will rescue us. Verse 11, look at this. Now see how they reward us. For they've come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Notice what he's saying. God, this is your land. This is a promised land. And you gave us this promise. And now they're trying to throw us out of the promise you have given us. But here's what I know, if God gives us a promise, then it's up to him to protect that promise so that we can see that it will happen. Last week when uh, the stock market fell and uh, we, we lost a lot of money in one day, and I was and Anita and I were talking about that, I thought, whoa, wow, this is really crazy. And then the Lord spoke to me, and he said this, it's just so clear, it's like he downloaded this into my spirit. Did you tithe on that money before you put it into that account? Yes. He said, then it's up to me to protect what you have given to me. Wow. So I thought... Okay, so I'm not panicking, but I'm trusting in God because I'm lifting my eyes up from what I see that everybody's panicking, saying, do this, do that. No, I'm lifting my eyes up to God and saying, God, you said if we'd return the tithe and the offering to you that you'd open up the windows, you'd protect, you'd pour out. And so, Lord, pour it out. Let it happen, right? Amen. So we need to change our focus from the crisis to the God of the victory. He changed his focus from what was coming against him to the one who was reigning above him. Verse 12, oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Would you say that last line with me? We don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Stop looking at how big the crisis is, and beginning today, every time you feel a little fear and anxiety, just lift up your eyes and saying, Lord, I don't know what to do about this, but my eyes are on you, and you're going to bring me through, all right? Is that a good thing? And number three, remember the past. Remember the past. We don't live in the past, but we need to remember the past to get the faith for living in the present. Verse 13. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of them standing there, and his name was Jehazel. And he's a son of Zechariah. He's a son of Benaniah, and he's a son of Jael, the son of Metaniah, a Levite, who is a descendant from Asaph. So it says, Here stands up Jehazel. But let me give you a little bit of his genealogy. Here was his dad, here was his grandfather. Here was his great-grandfather, here was his great-grandfather, and he was a descendant of. And you say, oh, why, why do we need all these names? I mean, well, let's get on to how to handle this crisis. But you see, you overlook it. Those names represent God's faithfulness in previous generations. They represent God's faithfulness when we don't know what we're supposed to do when we face these things. I mean, think about this. Think about in the last uh, 20 years, things that we faced and we didn't know what to do about it. Remember the year 2000? <coughs> Y2K. Get money out of the bank. Computers are not going to turn over. This world is coming to an end. Remember 2001? 9-11. Boy, that was big, right? How are we ever going to rebound? What are we going to do? Remember uh, 2002? It was a West Nile virus. 2003, SARS. 2005, the bird flu. 2008, a bad, downturn, bad economy. 2009, the swine flu. 2010, the BP oil spill. 2014, the Ebola, uh, El, Ebola, Ebola virus. And 2015, ISIS. 2016, Zika virus. 2020, Coronavirus. And we live through all those others. I love this verse. This is one of my favorite verses. Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril. And he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope and he will continue to deliver us. Would you read that and say that with me? And let's put the emphasis there to remind us that we've been through things. All right? right. Second Corinthians 1 and 10. Let's say it. He has delivered us. He will deliver us and he will continue to deliver us. If you believe that, would you say a hearty amen, give the Lord a hand clap, give the Lord a cheer? So when you see people in the grocery store or in a line or the gas station wherever this week or online and, and they're complaining, don't know what we're going to do, use this scripture. Hey, just want you to know he has delivered us, he will deliver us and he'll continue to deliver us. Amen. Number four realize the battle is the Lord's. Realize the battle is the Lord's. Verse 15. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what Jehaziel is saying. This is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness. Look, he's he's saying, here's exactly their route. I'm giving you the insight of how they're going to come. But he says, look at this, but you're not going to need to fight in this, but you will need to take your positions, and you will need to stand and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, again, do not be afraid. Or discouraged go out against them tomorrow for the lord is with you you have to look beyond what is coming against you and seeing what's behind that what's behind that is a god that is greater than anything that we're facing greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world regardless of what we're facing We have to realize the battle is the lord's but here's a key important thing but we have to get in position and i was thinking about that what does that mean get into position well i think that means that we need to be smart i think that many that means that we need if we sneeze you know let's let's cover up you know do this do something whatever i think that means that we don't get close to people and uh you know for right now for this series uh for this season that we distance ourselves from others, that we uh, attend to get in our small groups of uh, 10 or, or, or less and make contact. We're not, against so, we're not for social distancing. We're for physical distancing. We all need the social, and that's through our small groups. And I encourage you this week to get into your small group, to be there, uh, and to maybe re-listen to this as a small group or get together with a watch party, whatever you do. But we have to show up for battle. Wash your hands. I've never washed my hands so much. I don't think I ever did 20 seconds, but I'm a 60-seconder now. Man, I'm, I mean, I've got new flesh coming on. I feel like my hands are like a baby's bottom. They're so good. Uh, sanitizers everywhere. doing all that. What are we doing? And we're, we're showing up for prayer. We're showing up for life group. You're watching online. So what is all that? You're getting in position. It's not, it's not, you're not hiding and saying, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to, come on, God, fight this battle for me. No, you say, you know what? We're going to worship. In the face of this, we're going to worship. You know what? We're going to pray in the face of this. We're going to, we're going to come online on Saturday mornings at eight o'clock and Facebook live. And we're going to pray together with this. And we're going to get together in our families. We're going to face the battle, not run from the battle. Verse 16 says, tomorrow, you're going to march out against them. You've got to get in position you're not going to have to struggle you're not going to have to create the victory because i want god is saying i want you to see the deliverance that god is going to bring you know what i'm praying and believing that this uh, uh, that the answer to this virus is so god That people that are agnostics people that are laughing at things will all of a sudden say I don't know how this happened but that bell curve turned well maybe it started last week with our National Day of Prayer maybe it starts with these group of people that are joining at 7 14 a.m. and p.m. and praying and other prayer groups there are others maybe in the midst of all of that it's when democrats and republicans and independents are actually talking together now instead of fighting how can we help our people how can we make a difference maybe it's a time you know I heard t.d. jakes do a great teaching in fact uh uh Brenda sent it to me this week and he was talking about you know sports games are shut down some of you your life rotated around sports God is saying you don't have sports now he said you know some of you it was rotating around a restaurant you can't even go there and then he said this and some of you your entire life rotated around going to church and you can't even go there now maybe it's a time in which God has taken everything away from us to say get back to the basics it's our heart with his heart it's us trusting in him and knowing that he's going to bring us through yeah i i just think this he said you got to get in position and i'm going back to that ephesians chapter six therefore take up the whole armor of god that you may able to do what withstand in the evil day and having done all to do what stand number five in the midst of what we're doing we seek the lord in prayer we change our focus we see beyond what we see We remember the past that God has brought us through. He'll continue to bring us through. We realize the battle is not the Lord's. And we release our worship for victory. Oh, this goes against all strategic battle plans, right? Verse 18. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with what? A very loud shout. I I say, war cry. Rock, Kazak, Amat. Be strong and courageous. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. I know some of you right now are saying, I don't know how I'm going to stand. I've I'm I'm, lost my job. We're going to do our best to help everybody we can. We're creating accounts and stuff. And, uh, you know, if you have m- extra money, you say, you know what, I'd like to strategically put some money into an in account. You can do that on, on online giving or you can come by here because we're going to try our best. Our pastoral care ministry is still going this week. We're, we're taking care of the elderly. Dr. Brad and his team are calling. And if you have a need, we want to try to help you. Somebody this week said, I don't know, I, I can't go to work. And, and uh, I, I think after I pay my, give my tithe, and I pay my bill. I'm not sure that I have anything the rest of the week. We, we may not be able to help everybody, but I'll tell you what. We're going to go down trying to help everybody we can. And I encourage you to be that. When you hear somebody in need, you help them. You be their hand extended. Let's use this time to be the church that God wants us to be. So he says, listen to me, all you people of Judah. Believe in the Lord, your God. And you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed believe in his word that's his prophetic word and believe in that passage in 1st Corinthians after consulting the people the king appointed singers listen to this I think I need a worship team back up here with me so come on up here singers back me up on the stage all right uh, and he appointed singers to walk ahead of the army <laughs> oh you know we have a lot of people who want to volunteer to have a mic on the stage but on that particular day, they said, hey, uh, before any warriors go out, we're going to put the singers out in front, all right? So get your drums, Blackhall. Get out there, the cymbals. Uh, so pick up your guitar, and we're going to have you to go out there. The singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. I don't know how they say it. Oh, maybe, give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. You know, put your own beat to it. Look, when you're facing a crisis, when you're facing an enemy that's bigger than you, it doesn't mean, he doesn't say sing if you're good at it. It just sings, let it bellow out. You got a God that's in heaven that's looking out for you. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. Think about that singing a strategy to fight three armies Here's a couple things. I want to say to you Never let your feelings sit in judgment over your faith You must always let your faith sit in judgment over your feelings Here's another one when the army is coming Praise the Lord when you're being overwhelmed Praise the Lord when things don't look any better Praise the Lord. When you don't understand what you're going through, praise the Lord. God will fight, here's the next thing, God will fight what you can see by sending what you can't see. God will fight what you can see by sending what you can't see. I just love, I've got to read the rest of this and and then we're going to worship in song, but I got to read the rest of this. Uh, Verse 22. At the very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. The vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and valuables, more than they could carry, there was so much plunder, That it took them three days to collect it all on the fourth day they gathered in the Valley of Blessing which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there it's still called the Valley of Blessing today I prophesy to you, what you've been facing that looks like it's going to be the end of you will turn around and be the valley of blessing. If you're a faithful tither and giver, what looks like everything you've lost will turn around and it'll become a valley of blessing. And you'll say to your kids and your grandkids, oh, remember how everything went downhill? But on that time in that crisis, we turned everything, the valley of crisis, into a valley of blessings. Then they all returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them. Overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their armies, they marched into to Jerusalem to play of, on their harps, the lyres, their trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Uh, let's move this away. Let's get ready to worship some more. Come on, Tim, let's move this. Listen, listen, here's what happened the enemy came fighting against them, and the Lord used the enemy themselves to bring victory. Remember this? Jesus is on the cross because Satan took those nails and he had somebody to drive those nails into the cross. But what Satan thought was the end of Jesus by killing him on the cross really was the open door for us through resurrection and life and forgiveness of sins. So everything the enemy has coming against you, let's let it become a valley of blessing as we respond to the Lord. So get up on your feet. Let's worship and sing and make a loud noise unto him again. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life and we'd love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps are in your relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.